Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and joining me is my bodacious brother, Steve, Xbox Live Steveovich, as we start episode 30 on this August 2nd, 2017. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV and Facebook.com slash JoygasmTV. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV or search Joygasm TV on YouTube. And no matter which platform you use to consume the show, please drop us a subscription, a thumbs up, or a review. It helps us build awareness, which we appreciate very much. And of course, it goes without saying, their big thank you goes out to all of you who have done so already. We have a great show for you today. In video game news, we will go over intriguing headlines, including new Xbox One controller designs, Nintendo Switch updates, the SNES Classic Mini release update, even more moving and shaking going on at EA and BioWare, and Capcom's roadmap for the Nintendo Switch. Movie News has a couple of noteworthy headlines, including Star Wars Episode Nine details, as well as Andrea Romano saying goodbye to voiceover directing. Last but not least, there is a tech story about an external hard drive that fits in the palm of your hand and holds a tremendous amount of storage. Very interesting. Our main topic of the day will be our first gameplay impressions of Doomfist for Overwatch. But first things first, how you doing, Steve? Rush! It's good to see you. Ah, it's always good to see you, Steve. <clears throat> you know, I uh, I talk to you every day, but uh, this is a little more fun talking to you here, you know? It's nice to have you in person, be able to look at that handsome mug. Indeed. You know, if I'm going to speak into a microphone, it can't be over the, the cell phone. It's got to be over the podcast mic. That's right. This is the ultimate FaceTime right here. <laughs> Whenever I talk to you, I just want to be on the mic right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Steve, you, you want to get lunch? No. Uh, uh. Podcast mic first. <laughs> I need a microphone in front of my face along with a pop filter. That way you only see about three quarters of my face. <laughs> So what have you been playing? Uh, let's see. I've been continuing my saga in uh, Bit Heroes. Uh, what are you now? Level 5,322? Uh, three, 5,323, Russ. Oh. Uh, no. So uh, I think I'm level 72. 72? Yeah. What level was I before? Was, I thought you were like 51 last time we were talking. I thought I was around 60. But... Um, um, just find ways to get experience, okay? Yes. He's a machine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Look at this guy. Uh, let's see. I put down Clash Royale, though, because they stopped doing their 2v2 for the mm. time being. Okay. And I found I was, uh, you know, I, my, my time is being better suited for other things right now. Mm. 
So I'm taking a, a little break, a little breaky break. Not a full break, just a little break. A little, little time out. You know what I'm saying? Just a dinky break. Just a dinky break. Uh, but that's been... Oh! <laughs> Santa Claus in the room here? No. What's going on? Yeah, really. I finally got around to watching uh, Magnificent Seven. How was it? Uh, it's a little, it's a popcorn movie. Okay. It's, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the music. It was, uh, oh, you know, it reminded me of something though. I, I was trying to remember what it was. I, I, was wa- I was watching it and I'm listening to the music thinking, oh yeah. It reminded me of City Slickers. <laughs> was That's it, what it was. Was it an oh yeah? Or was it like a Kool-Aid man like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's more like a Twix. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this podcast brought to you by Twix (laughs) and Kool-Aid. I like Twix are good. I like me some dark chocolate Twix. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, the, the soundtrack reminded me a lot of city slickers. Okay. A ton. Like they only, they paid me tweaked a couple things and that was about it. Threw it in this movie and. Good to go. You're searching for Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah. Curly. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, it, it was a popcorn movie. It, it, uh, I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I watched it. Okay. I, I think it should be available to stream. I don't know how popular it is or how not popular it is, but uh, I think it should definitely be available to stream. Um, but it's fun. It was enjoyable. Well, let's see. It was Denzel Washington. And who else was in it? Uh, Man Crush Chris Pratt. <laughs> 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 well, in that case, I'm just going to have to see it then. Uh, I think that uh, oh, Ethan Haw- Ethan Hawke was in it. Ethan, oh, I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, he's been out of uh, out of the sorts. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> he's been out of the sorts. Out the sorts. Uh, out of sorts lately, or just out of movies you've watched? Uh, all of the above, Russ. Oh, okay. Out of okay. sorts. Out of the sorts. He's just out. He just out. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, yeah. So if it'll, if it ever becomes available to stream for you over here, cause I know you don't like to do the old snail mail DVD. Nope. Diddly do. I want it now. <laughs> you want it here? I want it now. You impatient son of a biscuit. That's right. Uh, yeah. With jelly and honey. Mm, a little melted butter. Oh, well, you know, let's get right out of the oven. Mm, want some, me some biscuits. <laughs> Maybe some gravy. <laughs> I like gravy. Oh, that gravy's so good. <laughs> Break time. I'm going to get some meat. <laughs> well, I have been... Wait. Excuse me. Excuse me. Russ? <gasps> How you doing? <laughs> what, you, you, been, you been watching anything or playing anything new recently? Oh, you're going to ask me. Uh, oh, well, that's very polite yeah. of you. How nice. Jump the gun, why don't you? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. I have been playing the usual Motley crew of Injustice 2, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Overwatch. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a joy, as always. And, uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, stories to tell or uh, plays of the week to show? No. Um, you know, to be perfectly honest, the last few days I've been focusing on the Joygasm website. 
So most of my time has been dedicated to just trying to uh, get all of the pages designed and just have a lot of the concept ideation mm. going on. Because as you well know, Steve. I don't. Well, you're about to be found. Well, you're about to be found out. No, you're already uh, found out. I hope I'm already found. You you, you were lost and found. Unless <laughs> sought after. Whatever. <laughs> as you were about to find out. The coming soon page is going to expire, I believe, in about three days. I believe it will. So I'm not sure what exactly is going to appear up on the uh, <clears throat> joygasm.tv URL, but it will be something. And uh, I'm, I'm treating it as phase one. You Ho know, there, there will be multiple phases. Hopefully it's just not going to be a stick figure looking like he's plowing something and then the, the, the letters above him under construction. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, we'll, we'll be far beyond that. But a lot of the bells and whistles that I was initially planning on having in there will probably be implemented probably phase two or phase three, that sort of thing. At least it will be more than what we have up there today. Hmm. So pretty uh, pretty excited about that, though. It is coming along. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to be a constant uh, platform of tinkerage. Mm -hmm. I like to tinker with it here and there. I'm sure you do. <clears throat> but uh, other than that, though, also, I have gotten us onto TuneIn Radio, which I don't know. Have you heard? I, ha I have the app. Yeah, I don't, I don't listen to it all that much because it's only in the car, but uh, I can show you, Rod, I have it. Mm -hmm. Well, the cool thing about TuneIn Radio is that it's not limited to just your car. They have different types of partnerships. Bam! Right there. I see it. That's the logo. They also have... Um, the uh, what, what do they have, Russ? Well, they have various platforms, Steve. <laughs> they they are available on Xbox One. So if you're on your system mm. and you want to be able to take a little breaky break and have a little joygasm in the the middle of playing some games, give your thumbs a break. You can go into the TuneIn Radio app and then you can find Joygasm. Just do a search. Mm. And you can listen to us right then and there. My thumbs don't need no breaks. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, Steve. Maybe you require sustenance. <laughs> but uh, I think also, too, if I'm not mistaken, the PlayStation Network also carries TuneIn Radio, so you'll be able to listen to us there. Also, one of the cool things about TuneIn Radio mm -hmm. is that they have... What do they have? A presence on the... Well, I, I'm trying not to say I, it too loud. You're killing me here, Smalls. I know, I know. It's because I'm, I don't want to activate it because it's right behind me. <laughs> it's the Echo Dot. Kaboof. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the actual A-L-E-X-A -E name, but then it'll turn on. But I thought it'd be fun to do on this show. I actually have not tried this out yet. I, got, I did bring it up here to do a little experiment. Did ya? But I want to see if we can actually get it to access here during uh, this little uh, announcement. Let's see. You know, Ross, why you do that, I, I brought... Ah, back. Uh, <laughs> What were you going to say, Steve? Well, I'm just going to be quick here, Rose. I brought something up here of my own. Did you now? <laughs> yes. My, my. I'm sure you uh, might have forgotten about it by now. But I was thinking about you, Rush. You want to you wanna, you wanna see what I brought you? Well, now I'm all curious. What would you bring me? Well. Oh, he's bending down. <gasps> Kaboom. Oh. Not Would just you? one, but 
two. My lovely games. brother brought over Battlefield One and GTA Five for you Xbox One. And you that's been, just the most partiest thing you ever did say. You've been asking for him for a long time. Well, and I thought you. it was about time for you to check the time. There's a whole <laughs> lot of time in there. Well, thank you for bringing those over. That's that's awesome. I'll have to get into I actually um, yes. had a buddy who has been uh, just relentless in trying to get me to play GTA 5 online with him, and I have been not able to do so until now. So anyway, going back here, let's let's give this a little test. Oh, you're welcome, the, by the way. I said thank you. Did I said you? thank you like three times. I, right? I didn't hear it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't in the microphone. Maybe it wasn't loud enough. Maybe I just need to turn the knob up on your headphones. <laughs> Maybe just it wasn't passionate enough for us. <laughs> <sighs> My brother always needs so much pacification. Anyway, let's try this out. So this could totally fail, but let's let's just let's just see what happens here. Alexa, ask any pod to play episode 29 of Joygasm. Sorry, I haven't heard of a podcast named Joygasm, but I've made a note of this. Burn! Man! Try playing a different podcast. But I don't want to play a different podcast. Ask if it'll do the the DOD podcast. (laughs) Alexa. Play the DOD Sorry, podcast. I haven't heard of a podcast. Alexa, I'm speaking to you. No, no, but I've made a note of this, and I will try to get it. Alexa, play the DOD Cave podcast. Oh, she's thinking. She's dead air right now, Ralph. She better do something. Sorry, I haven't heard of a podcast named the DOD Cave podcast. Okay, I don't feel so bad now. Okay. That's interesting. Maybe that new Apple thing will have to replace your Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) Alexa, you piece of junk. (laughs) She heard that. Sorry, I haven't heard of a podcast named We Have to Replace Your Alexa. And I will try to get it for you soon. Try playing a different podcast. <laughs> At least you know it's authentic. That was a huge fail. Uh, anyway, fail. I did receive an email fail. from... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did receive an email from TuneIn Radio saying that... Uh, Alexa works. <laughs> um, I did receive an email from TuneIn Radio saying that uh, that the, so the uh, application was submitted and accepted and that it, it's all good to go. It's live. So I have never used TuneIn Radio yet, so I need to actually like play some mm. of the, the stuff around there. Get, get used to it. But I have the whole list here. So perhaps the next episode, we will have a little more of the bugs worked out and everything else. There's probably like some sort of little switch that's like not enabled or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Fail. <laughs> I do believe that's about all the things that I have on my list of things to do. What do we say we get into some gaming news? Something that works. Yeah, no joke. Three new Xbox One controller designs revealed. Hope Corrigan reports that Microsoft has revealed three new designs for Xbox One controllers, as well as a new wireless adapter for Windows 10. The most basic of the three controllers features a gray overall design with green highlights poking through the base of the thumbsticks. This green slash gray wireless controller is also slightly cheaper than the others on the 
they have on offer and can be pre-ordered to ship on August 3rd for $64.99. The Volcano Shadow Special Edition controller is the latest in the Shadow series, which debuted last year and sports the classic black fade only this time into a metallic red. This will set you back a little more than the, than the green-gray pre-ordering at $69.99 and will also begin shipping on August 3rd. The final controller is to be revealed is the Patrol Tech Special Edition, which appears similar to the Recon Tech controller released in April. It comes in a navy blue and features laser-engraved accents toward the front of the unit. Rubberized grips are in place on the back of the controller and is available for pre-order at $69.99 USD as of October 17th with the option to include the cable for Windows for the same price. Have you seen these controllers, Steve? No, I have not. I am actually partial to the uh, gray-green one. I think I might have to pick one of those up because it still is in the same vein as the whole like Xbox color scheme and stuff, but it's a little more updated. It's pretty cool. You can actually check out some pictures of it on IGN if you go over there and take a little look-see. Nintendo Switch updated to fix battery charge meter bug. Sam Stewart reports that the release of Nintendo Switch's 3.0.0 update, a new bug was introduced causing some users to experience issues with the system's battery indicator, which Nintendo has now addressed. The bug caused the battery indicator to display as though the console was out of charge, even if it had plenty of charge left or simply not update during the charging process. Luckily, Nintendo has acted quickly and pushed out update 3.0.1 to fix the problem. However, the update may not be the quick fix the afflicted might be wanting. According to Nintendo's support page, you may have to follow a strict set of instructions to completely rid yourself of the bug, which includes switching off specific settings and letting the battery fully charge and fully deplete several times. It's a complicated set of steps that might make your Switch unplayable for most of the day. So I'm kind of glad I don't have to deal with that right now. Maybe by the time I get a Switch, I'll be able to kind of bounce over that little issue. <laughs> little bug. Little Hopefully they'll have that bug squashed. <laughs> SNES Classic Edition pre-orders will begin this month. I know this is a huge deal for like just about everybody because they were wanting to get their, their grubby little hands on SNES Classic. In a Facebook post, Nintendo said the company, quote, can confirm that it will be made available for pre-order by various retailers late this month, end quote. While declining to mention a specific number, Nintendo said, quote, a significant number of additional systems will be shipped to stores for launch day and throughout the balance of the calendar year, end quote. Nintendo has said they are producing significantly more SNES classics than the NES classics, which that is kind of goes without saying just based off of like how much demand there was for the NES Classic and it just I would be shocked if they did not do that but Walmart actually um, had made a mistake that by accidentally making the SNES Classic available for pre-order in July because of a technical error having to sub subsequently cancel those pre-orders and US scalpers were putting up SNES pre-orders on eBay with huge markups which I did see I was like just kind of browsing through eBay and all of a sudden I was like wait how are they able to get this and of course that's why for a team with only six players um yes Russ <laughs> never mind EA merges BioWare Montreal with Motive Studios. <laughs> EA has officially confirmed it's merged BioWare Montreal with Motive Studios. Quote, the teams in EA Worldwide Studios are packed with talent 
And more than ever, we're diving or excuse me, we're driving collaboration between studios on key projects, end quote, EA told IGN in a statement. With multiple major projects in development in Montreal, we are merging Bioware Montreal with Motive Studios. This is an ongoing process, but there are many exciting roles and opportunities for everyone on the team, end quote. The merge comes after reports that the Mass Effect series was to be put on hold after the underwhelming release of Bioware Montreal's Mass Effect Andromeda, and that the studio would instead be focusing on Bioware's other titles. Quote, Bioware continues its work on new titles, including the highly anticipated game Anthem, end quote. EA's statement continued, quote, what's coming next for Bioware is very exciting and we're thrilled to have Casey Hudson return to lead the studios in Edmonton and Austin, end quote. This particular headline for me, I mean, it just it, it adds more fuel to the fire as to like how um, Andromeda just was not well received at all. There were a lot of issues with it. And as a result, EA, as the, the publisher, I think, has stepped in and has applied a considerable amount of pressure to the developer to make the necessary changes in order to make the, the future titles better. But I think that those, at least the return of Casey Hudson, we talked about that in a previous episode, I think is going to be a, just a welcome addition back. Mm-hmm. So. On a more sad note, Anthem's lead designer, Corey Gasper, has passed away. Corey uh, was the designer on the Mass Effect trilogy and most recently Anthem. Uh, doesn't say exactly um, what was the cause of his death. I think they're tr- probably trying to keep that private, but um, Bioware had released a, a statement saying, quote, it is with great sadness that we announced the passing of our friend and colleague, Corey Gasper. He was a member of our team for over nine years and worked as a designer on many of our titles, including Sonic Chronicles, Dragon Age Origins, Mass Effect 2 and 3, and most recently, Anthem. Corey was a talented designer and an even better person. We offer our condolences to Corey's family and everyone that knew him. We will miss you, end quote. And that's just, I mean, I think think that's a guy who I think had a considerable amount of impact on both your and yours and my uh, gaming career, so to speak. I mean, th- those are titles that are very well celebrated. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I'm actually kind of curious to see what's going to happen when Anthem comes out. If Anthem ends up being this huge success, I mean, at least that would be something that uh, would just be, I don't know, a nice nice title to, to go out on, I would say. But I hope they have something uh, in the credits, like an ending credits in memory of. Yeah, yeah that'd be nice. For sure. Finally, Capcom planning more Switch games in wake of Ultra Street Fighter 2 success. Alex Osborne reports, thanks to the strong performance of Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers, Capcom is reportedly planning more games for release on Nintendo Switch. According to Capcom's latest financial report, the Switch fighting game, quote, made an excellent start and proved to be a smash hit, end quote. Additionally, the Wall Street Journal's Takashi um, Mochizuki took to Twitter to report that Ultra Street Fighter 2 exceeded Capcom's expectations with 450,000 units sold in Q1. And as a result, the company is, quote, starting to prepare several titles for Switch. And I think that's kind of interesting how it's kind of doing this whole full circle thing with they started out on the NES and the Super NES. And then after a while, they, they branched out and started creating titles for Sega and then for PlayStation and it's just kind of neat to see them coming all the way back around to Nintendo again, releasing right. those, those cherished titles. So, and that's about all the gaming news that we have for tonight. Let's go ahead and segue into some movie news, shall we? Mm, okay, right. There's only two 
headlines from movie news, but both are quite interesting. They better be. New Star Wars Episode Nine writer has been hired. You're hired. <laughs> According to The Hollywood Reporter, Jack Thorne, who recently wrote the drama Wonder starring Julia Roberts and Jacob Trimpley, has been brought in to rewrite Episode Nine's script. Thorne is the creator and co-creator of a, of a few TV shows, including The Fades and The Last Panthers. He is also the writer of the first episode of the upcoming sci-fi anthology series, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. So I ha- actually have never watched any of those, so I can't really comment on that one way or another. But right. it's, it's interesting how they ended up wanting to retweak and rewrite the, the script for episode nine. Better be good, Russ. I hope so. I needs to meet my expectations. Mine and mine alone. You know, episode eight <laughs> is fast approaching. We're already in August, and it's mm-hmm. coming out in December. That's right. It's getting there. I can't wait. And the second headline we have here is that legendary voiceover director Andrea Romano retires. Jonathan Dornbush reports that Andrea Romano, voiceover and casting director behind dozens of projects including DC Universal original movies, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Animaniacs, and the original DuckTales will retire this week. So this this lady has had a fundamental impact on a lot of stuff that you and I have both enjoyed over the many, many decades here. Romano's work spans more than three decades of voiceover and animation casting direction, including having personally directed more than 10,000 voice sessions. Though Romano said in a statement she planned to continue working for another two to three years, she has decided to wrap up her current projects over the last few weeks followed, uh, following her diagnosis of optic neuropathy in one eye, which has caused blindness in that eye. Quote, I shall miss so many aspects of this industry particularly the people I've worked alongside and all the fun that happens on both sides of the glass. From the bottom of my heart, I extend my sincere gratitude to every actor, producer, director, engineer, and colleague that has helped make this run so incredible, end quote. DuckTales signaled Romano's debut as a voiceover director, and Romano's portfolio since then has grown to include over 40 TV shows. Her work has spanned more than 1,600 episodes of TV, over 50 films, and 20 video games. Her most recent work includes Voltron, Legendary Defender, which will premiere its third season on Netflix in August, as well as Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Among that work is casting and voice direction for 23 DCUO movies, including Justice League, Gods and Monsters, Batman vs. Robin, and Batman Assault on Arkham. She has also lent her voice to 18 of those films and to many of the series she has worked on throughout the years, including The Legend of Korra and Teen Titans. Her work has earned Romano 35 Emmy nominations and eight Emmy wins, as well as the Frizz Award for Excellence Award in 2016 at the International Family Film Festival. Quote, doing this job, working with all these wonderful people has been my ultimate blessing. I couldn't have hoped to spend the past three decades with a better group. I've truly been the luckiest person on earth, Romano said. So, I don't know, I thought that was a, a, just a sweet article, and it's nice to be able to find out, like, who has played a pivotal role in, a, in so many different TV programs and movies and even video games that you and I have enjoyed over the last 30 years. I mean, that's a lion's share of both of our yeah, lives. For sure. It's got to be something to be a voice actor, you know? Yeah, and it seems like she was, like, just really involved with, I don't know, just just not just being a voice actress but also like just doing a lot of the voiceover directing and also 
I, I would say she probably would have some sway in the being more in the the cast directing as well like just being able to single out who would be good for what role and that sort of thing and i don't know it's i think that that folks in her position are are some of the unsung heroes of the entertainment industry and and they they really do uh i don't know act as a a catalyst for how like a show will ultimately be in terms of its persona so they don't get the the they can stay out of the limelight also which Someone like me, I'd really appreciate it. I don't want to be out in there and uh, getting all that attention. I don't like a lot of attention, Russ. <sighs> Just attention from you. Oh, well, in that case, I think you're an attention whore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about it for movie news. What do you say that we get right back into the topic of the day, Steve? Mm, let's do it. Someone cue the spotlights. Uplifted. I see glitter falling from the sky. <laughs> Is that a dove? <sighs> it's not a dove, it's a black canary. <laughs> oh man. So our topic of the day is going to be centered on Doomfist from Overwatch. <laughs> so Steve and I had a chance to play and dive into the character a bit. Last night, was it? Yeah, it was last night. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably got a little bit more playtime than I did. I did, Russ. The character, but we were focusing on the, um, what was it, 6v6 elimination? Yeah, it was yeah. All, It was all Doomfists everywhere all the time. All Doomfist all the time. So what did you think? What do you, what do you think of the character? Um, here, hold on a second. I have to tell somebody not to call me during a podcast. <laughs> is that your girlfriend? <laughs> it is. Hold on. <laughs> See what I have to work with here. Sent. Um, you know, he, I, I think what I said before when, uh, I was watching some gameplay of him. Uh, I think I summed it up well saying he's a chaotic character because mm-hmm. he brings a totally new element into the game. And uh, I stand by those words, Russ. Um, I, it's going to take <laughs> a lot to, to get used to his controls uh, because as I told you last night, you're using each trigger almost 50%, or, you know, each trigger 50% of the time. Not like you're using one to fire pretty much all the time, like uh, everybody else in the game. Right. Your, your main weapon. I mean, his his main weapon is pretty much to fly across the screen and punch somebody. But then you got to wait about six or seven seconds or something for that thing to recharge. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you have to shoot, which is the other trigger. But you only have four shots, so you can't just go buck wild and shoot, you know, thirty rounds or even ten rounds because he only has four. Mm-hmm. So once you fly across the screen. You have to wait for that thing to, to cool down before you do it again. You can't shoot too fast because <laughs> you're out of bullets. You got to wait for that to, to happen again. Um, and he's he's a little bit hard to aim. Huh. So uh, the uppercut works well. The flying across the screen works well. But uh, he has this, uh, this uh, um, like this uh, downward punch, I guess, where he kind of throws himself downward, uh, fist first. And it's just kind of hard to aim. It kind of reminds me of Reinhardt's um, smashing, like when he'll smash his, his uh, weapon onto the... The earth shatter? 
Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, where like it stuns the enemies. Right. It seems like like it's kind of similar to that, only it doesn't have as much range. Uh no, well, well, the the yeah, yeah, I guess you're yeah, a little bit. Um, I I didn't, I couldn't stun anybody. It's a seismic slam, right? For uh, Doomfist. Um, yeah, I think, I think so. I think it's a seismic slam, yeah, because he has his meteor strike and then his uppercut leap forward and, and smash the ground. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if I was aiming for somebody and I would hit it, usually I would just miss him, uh, or if I was even <laughs> trying to anticipate where the enemy was going to be and do it, or maybe have some splash damage, nothing would work for it. And I found myself just avoiding the, the attack altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I mean, he could, he could, his uppercut goes way high in the air. So he can, it's almost like a double jump in a sense. So he can get to new areas. Um, I never really thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So, or if you do the uppercut in the air and then hold the trigger to fly across the screen, he can do it almost Genji style where Genji can double jump and then fly across with his, uh, that, the, the blade. Right. It's yeah. almost the same exact thing. Um, and Doomfist goes far too. And the, the streak, it doesn't, it doesn't go as far as, as Reinhardt's, uh, pin ability where he can pin someone against the wall, but it's faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, during the game, I'm not really sure how it's going to go because most of the maps are bigger than the six versus six elimination maps where there's not too much space to walk around. There's mm-hmm. walls everywhere and it's perfect for Doomfist because if he gets you and against the wall, you're pretty much dead in one shot versus, um, Versus, uh, you know, if he just hits you, you lose a little bit of life, uh, but you're stunned and you can still, you know, recover and, mm-hmm. and uh, shoot him back. Um, that being said, with his uh, meteor strike and 6v6 elimination, um, it's really hard to do um, because everybody, I mean, everyone's just flying across the screen trying to punch everybody else. <laughs> and uh, so by the time your ultimate gets there, it, it's almost impossible to do. Uh, that being said... Uh, when I was doing some uh, some training with the AI, mm-hmm. people were choosing Doomfist, and uh, it is effective. His his ultimate is effective. There's no way to cancel it. Have you gotten his his ultimate to work at all or not? Uh, yeah, I have. Did you actually hit anybody with it? Yeah, I hit a couple people. Oh, good. And it's it's pretty much like an insta kill. So. Uh, and I was getting so frustrated because I've been trying to learn McCree at the same time, learn to be good with McCree, uh-huh. and that's been a lot of fun. But uh, freaking Anna, like every time if there's an Anna or there's a Zen, or a Zenyatta, every time I do my ultimate, they just either discord me or put me to sleep and I lose it. I'm like, Argh! so there's ways <laughs> for you to, to cancel out other people's ultimates or if nothing else, just kill them off. Uh-huh. But Doomfist, he just flies in the air and you can't target him. So there's no way to cancel his ultimate out. Oh, so I don't know. What'd you think about playing him? I liked him. Um, I, I need more time with him. Yeah. I, I could tell he was much more of an advanced character. He wasn't a character that was designed so that if you're a newbie to the game or yeah. even if you're a newbie to the character, that you could instantly get to grips with them and be able to, you know, start wasting fools left and right. It's, it's, <laughs> Did you just say wasting fools? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Soldier 76, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I could, I could definitely see the potential of the character in terms of spending the the appropriate amount of time getting used to just how you strategize with his different moves because even some of the the players that we were playing with watching the replays there were some really good players who had gotten very comfortable with just just how you it's it's like you're you're almost kind of i don't know not, not micromanaging but like 
you're you're having to strategize. Right. Like if I do this move here, I know the next move I'm going to have to do is this one here as this other one's charging up based on yeah. what kind of range each move has in relation to where the, the opposition is. I don't know. It, it, it was actually really neat to kind of think about that because it forces you to plan ahead what your yeah, steps exactly. are going to be. Yeah. And I don't really have to worry about that necessarily if I'm playing as Farah or if I'm playing as uh, Soldier 76 or D.Va. I kind of have like one or two steps ahead, but with um, with Doomfist, it really is front and center. Like, like if you really want to be a master at that character, you have to constantly adapt because if you if you don't, if you just um, overextend yourself, then you're going to be paying the price big time. I mean, just, yeah. I mean I, I, to me, I, I I don't think I was able to kill anybody. I was yeah. just getting uh, my batoks handed to me, and. Um, but and that's fine. I'm just I'm learning the character. But I uh, I would have not tried the ultimate yet. I have the, that's how much I sucked. Was that I wasn't even able to get my ultimate charged up the the times I was playing it. Once when we were playing capture the flag, the enemy was playing uh, Doomfist, and I was uh, Tubjorn. Uh-huh. And so he would first see my turret and be trying to shoot the turret. And he only has four shots to shoot the turret with. Right. Uh, and so I was shooting him from afar and then killed him off. And then he came back and I set up my turret at a different spot. He still saw it, came over. And, uh, I think he, he did his, um, the, the, his normal, you know, streak punch, whatever. I can't even think of the name and, uh, didn't kill the turret. But I was right there, like hiding behind the statue, I think. Was it the rocket punch or the rising uppercut? Uh, I think it must've been the rocket punch. Okay. And, uh, so I was waiting right behind the statue and, um, because we were, I think it was like a Nepal shrine. Okay. That's right. Waiting right there. I did my, my close up, uh, burst and just mm-hmm. killed him like two shots. Sure. <laughs> just kept on wasting. I'm thinking, Hmm, is Toby Orn the anti Doomfist? I wonder. Mm. <laughs> well, and I think that, I think you bring up an interesting point just because if you, if you strategize incorrectly with Doomfist and so, um, you overextend yourself, then suddenly you're vulnerable. Right. I mean, in a massive way, like, right. like that game, well, not the game, but the, the way that they've designed that character in the game, it's, it's, re, it's very bipolar in terms of reward versus punishment. Yeah. I, and I, and I can't really think of any other game. Oh, I can say game again. I'm sorry. About my I, can't either, I, can't, I can't think of any other game. I can't think of any other character. <laughs> Birdie that really will punish you to that extent. Like mm-hmm. I know that there are certain penalties that they have um, put into each one of the characters so that if you're, if you're not playing them the way they're supposed to be played, then you know, you will see some uh, defeat in your, in your near future. But no, I, when it comes to Doomfist though, it, it's amazing as if there's, if there's a really good Doomfist player, they will lay waste. I mean, they could take out like three characters in a row. Yeah. No problem. Like I saw, a replay of where this one player um, used his seismic slam and there were three characters all bunched up together, which stunned all three. They fell down. And I believe he used the, uh, the rising uppercut and he KO'd all three of them. Wow. I I was just like, my goodness, that is incredibly powerful. Especially if I'm thinking about like capture the flag, for instance, if, if there's a a situation where you, you can knock out like half the team right there with one character and you've got, you know, three or four of your buddies that can go on and take out the remaining three. Uh, it's just amazing yeah. what, what you can do. But 
currently I'm, I'm nowhere near that. I'm, I'm um, experiencing what it's like to be overextended, to be uh, ex- exploited and uh, to ultimately uh, fail. Yeah. <laughs> I think people have warmed up faster to Doomfist than they have Orissa. Absolutely. Uh, I, I've been messing around a little bit with, with Arissa here and there, and I'm not comfortable playing with uh, an in com- competition mode with her quite yet. Uh-huh. Um, but it seems like people have I've learned to strategize the Doomfist faster than they have learned the abilities of Arissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying Arissa doesn't fit or anything like that. I mean, she's still pretty fun to play in the game. Um, but it, in terms of how long Doomfist has been available to play yeah, uh, and people's skill level, like people have, have adapted very, very well. They have. Arissa, as you know, um, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I have never been a fan of the art direction of Orissa. I think that her abilities are pretty unique. Yeah. But in terms of just the overall uh, archetype of the character and the silhouette and whatnot, I just... I do not feel as though it's a good match for the world of Overwatch. I think that when I compare Orissa to Doomfist, Doomfist is a flawless integrated character. Um, I think that that he fits wonderfully within the world of Overwatch. Everything about him. I remember um, getting the the game to start and just seeing the main menu with him there. I love that pose that they have for him. I absolutely dig the, the huge gauntlet that he's wearing, right. the, the, the glove and stuff and the face paint. Actually, a lot of the skins that they have made available for him too are really cool. It's just, it's, I think it's a nice fresh addition to the overall character library. I think his voice is very fitting too. I, I like it. The, yeah. the voice actor they chose for him. Uh-huh. It sounds really cool. I know it was, was his name Terry Crews who was, uh, I think he was asked, I forgot what Terry Crews said, but he turned it down somehow. Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't think he was asked. I think he was advocating to try and be the voice of Doomfist and it just didn't go anywhere. Blizzard ended up, uh, going with, with a different voice actor, but he was pretty adamant. Like when he was at San Diego comic-con and I think he was also making appearances like E3 or something, uh, but I remember watching him on like IGN and stuff and he was very like wanting to be that character. I'm not sure how I would have, how, uh, I don't know if it was, uh, if it's, it would have been good or not so good. I do like the voice actor. Like I just said, uh, who, who is the voice of Doomfist now and Terry Crews, uh, he, he's kind of a larger than life kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, really high energetic um, I think he would have been very funny and, and in a way I think he would have fit pretty good. Um, I have kind of a discrepancy with, with, I don't know how I put my finger on it. Maybe just, uh, the attitude of Doomfist mm. where, and this is not a bad thing. I'm just kind of thinking about it a little bit where if you look at pretty much all the other characters, they all have something lighthearted and funny to say, uh-huh. really, um, or kind of quirky. I mean, even Soldier 76 and even some of the bad, you know, the known bad guys like Widowmaker or Reaper or something like that, they still have some lighthearted, you know, funny things to say. Um, and Doomfist kind of doesn't. He's just kind of all attitude, all business, all the time. A lot of the things that I've heard him say um, sound more regal almost. Like, like he's kind of more of an ancient regal character. Um, as opposed to some of the other characters that have more of what you're t- like Reaper is so over the top gothic and right. 
uh, all about death and stuff like that. Right. It's actually really funny because right. <laughs> his, I'm his, not a psychopath. <laughs> I'm a high functioning psychopath. <laughs> Does he say that? Something game? like that. Yeah, I might have gotten it wrong, but <laughs> something pretty close. Uh, but you know, that is a really good point too, is just the fact that the, the personality of Doomfist uh, was a bit different than what I was, I was expecting. And I think it's just because the name Doomfist, I mean, all I can think about is like, I don't know, some kind of Hulk esque sounding voice where just, you know, just that huge thing. Yeah. But he really wasn't like that. He, he has much more of a, articulation, I guess is a word I would use for like the, his speech pattern, like the way that he, like just his lines. It's like, like he just, he's not just like, Oh, smash. Rah! Yeah. No, you know, no, he's, no way. He's not, not like even. that at all. He's very much just, just much more articulate with his surroundings. It's a, it's a very observant, uh, once again, um, tactical strategizing type of, um, voice lines that he has. And that, that fun, it's fine. It just fits right in with his character. So I think if Blizzard did use Terry Crews for another character, he would fit right in. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and I, I'm looking. I, I want that to happen too. Yeah. My hope is is that Blizzard will continue to make more and more Overwatch characters as the years go on, and just get some of the most outrageous personality types. Do you remember that game, the snowboarding game, uh, SSX Tricky? Yep. That game had some of the funniest lines for the characters like when you would launch yourself in the air while you were snowboarding and doing all those like completely unrealistic but awesome tricks before you'd land back on the on the sure. snow they had like david arquette and some other people and just it was so fun to like wonder like what voice line would be uh, uh triggered when you'd go up and do that and it'd be great to like have that kind of level which yeah. i think that overwatch already has it'd just be great to continue that that tradition yeah uh, did you get a chance to look at his uh, all of his skins and emotes and voice lines and stuff? I have not. I did look at some of his skins. Yeah. And I, the 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 character design on Doomfist gets a straight A for me. Yeah. I absolutely sure. love his design. I think it's it's just awesome. And I love how he like when he's running around, he's like lumbering through the level. Uh, there's there's a real sense of mass and weight to his fist. He's, he's, he's a like, large character. He's big. I mean, the, the one of the games I played last night, uh, someone was obviously doing fist, and someone else was uh, Roadhog, and it was the uh, what it, he looks like Frankenstein uh, that that costume that skin. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of wandering around with Doomfist. I'm like, these guys are the same height. Like Roadhog's a big dude. Obviously, he's probably he's probably larger than Diva. Uh, or at least yeah. right there. He's probably and, the same size or maybe a little bit larger. I think Reinhardt's probably l- larger. Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe Reinhardt's still still got him beat, but Doomfist is a big dude. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at a lot of the emotes, and I think the animation for his emotes is better than a lot of the other animations for the other characters. Like, just him laughing in particular, if you notice, like, his facial features and, his, like, his jaw and everything, they got it down. Yeah. Like, it's good animation. Yeah. And it's like all like them, the textures and his muscles, like expressions and his forehead and eyes. And I, I think they spent a little more time on him than they did the other characters. I think there's been a lot of hype surrounding Doomfist just based off the of fans alone wanting and clamoring for this character to be willed into reality. And so I think there was probably a fair amount of TLC that went into the, the character. And that's great. And having said that, though, I mean, 
there are a lot of characters that I feel have wonderful animations. Yeah. I mean, just even characters that I'm that aren't necessarily my favorites, but it's still fun to watch. Sure. I really do like the UI design of Overwatch with the main menus, how they randomize which character you'll see kind of representing the hero image and they're doing their little looping animation cycles. I've always really appreciated that. And actually there are times where I just won't play the game. I'll just sit there and just enjoy watching the the looping animation right. going over and over and just noticing things I didn't notice last time. And I mean, that goes to show too, even with the, the winning animations that you can select for your character. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually hoping not to digress too far off of Doomfist, but I am hoping that we will get to see additional uh, victory or highlight or, or play of the game style animations because those are always just so gratifying to see. And and they've been really good in the past with giving a, a fair amount of the characters some some new material for that. Yeah. Um, I like the, uh, the electricity effect with uh, his gauntlet. Uh-huh. And it, I thought, yeah, they're probably going to use something similar to Winston's, uh, you know, his, his cannon there. But it looks totally different. At least in my eye, it does. Mm-hmm. And it's a welcome addition to the game because some, some of the effects are pretty similar in a lot of the game. Uh, but this seems to be a new sort of effect uh, primarily for him. And hopefully they'll continue with some of the characters they're going to bring out later on that they'll add additional effects into the game. Yeah. One thing I'd, I'd like to see them do. <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> uh, I was watching the, the intro to the game from start to finish and they show a lot of characters and I'm waiting for them to add in some of the newer characters. Uh, just to you know, make that intro a little bit, you know, further out. Oh sure. Uh, I don't know, know if that's going to happen or not, but um, I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, one of the interesting things about Doomfist for me is because he plays almost like a, a character that you would play in a fighting game, like Street Fighter or Injustice or Mortal Kombat, something like that. He he introduces a pretty interesting style of gameplay mechanics to the game because Overwatch is very much a um, a more of a gun-oriented weapon game. I mean, yeah, you have certain ones like, you know, May has like her little freeze gun, uh, but she can shoot particles uh, at a distance. And you may have, um, like Reinhardt doesn't have anything like that. I mean, he does have his little fireball that he can, he can emit. But um, what's interesting about Doomfist is just the fact that... I, I have a feeling I have to think as if I'm playing a fighting game in order to really get better at getting kills with him where it's like, I'm thinking, okay, now I got to dodge, dodge, you know, it's, it's, you know, fighting games from a gameplay mechanic standpoint has always traditionally been based off of rock, paper, scissors. Whoever has the better move will, will get the drop on the other person. So, looking at that, you know, looking at like his uppercut versus his hand cannon versus um, his rocket punch, that sort of thing. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to start thinking like that and I'll see if that makes any kind of change up to it. But when you think about it by and large, I mean, that is a pretty significant departure. I mean, aside from his hand cannon that where he shoots out the little four, that's basically like a shotgun, right? I mean, he shoots out four little shots and that's it. And you have to reload. It's very different from a lot of the other Mm -hmm. characters in there. And I don't know, I know that he's an assault class, but I don't know if I would necessarily use him as an assault class in the sense of just going out in the open and just wreaking havoc. I wonder if he's more like a McCree where you have to kind of 
stay in the shadows and stay like behind the walls and stuff and kind of peekaboo out here and there to like get the drop on people and then vanish again. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I guess I would need more time because I've seen other folks not do that. But then again, as I think, as I'm saying this overall, that, that, that did seem to be kind of the, the gameplay mentality was that no one was ever just running out like, Hey, here I am. I'm doomfished. You know, like <laughs> everybody was very much like hugging the walls right. and like kind of poking themselves out into an open and then going back in, trying to like bait people or lure them back into the like confined spaces. Cause then you can get a much easier drop on them and that's all fine and good, but it's just kind of more of a stream of conscious. Um, I think uh, camping is the word you're looking for, Russ. Well, but camping is more like you're just absolutely stationary. Like you're not moving like Widowmaker is a camper uh, oftentimes. But with him, it's kind of like, like you're just, you're moving out and like you're trying to, it's almost like you, you intentionally want people to see where you are. So then they'll try and go in and take you out. And then that's, that's when you make your move because then at that point you're way much more powerful than they are in that closed environment. You're baiting them. Yes. Um, you mentioned the, his, uh, his little knuckle bursts. Uh, I want to <laughs> mention that for a minute, there, Russ. I kind of wish they would have made his his uh, left arm a little different because it doesn't he doesn't really look much of anything except for you know a, a glove, and you know that he bursts some shotgun uh, pellets out of. Well, there. it looks like it's like kind of like a cyborg thing where like it's still his like his hand, but then they've got like these like interwoven circuits or something. Yeah. It's just not that noticeable. So I mean, when, when you're playing the game and you're shooting, all you're doing is just holding your fist out and then like a, a shotgun burst comes out. Yeah. It has like those like Wolverine little yeah, openings. Exactly. Wolverine there. was what I was thinking of too. Yeah. So I wish they would have designed that a little bit better. So it looks more like there's some sort of barrel there or something beefy. Um, it seems to me that the, the what he shoots is not nearly as fast as probably like uh, Reaper's shotguns or uh -huh. some of that. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's just supposed to be a particle because it's almost, I don't know if it's as fast as May's icicle or maybe a little bit slower, maybe a little bit faster. But um, I was noticing when, um, from a distance <laughs> also. From a distance. From a distance. Uh, you know, people shooting and I could see the lines going like right across the screen. It's not instant, like as if it was Soldier 76 shooting or D.Va. I'm like, boom, 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 all the way across the screen pretty quick. It was, it, it took a little bit of time. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, like Orissa. You know, when Orissa shoots those particles, she doesn't, it, it's not um, instantaneous. So in a way, you kind of had to time your shots. It's, it's supposed to be a close end uh, gun. Mm. Uh, you, can, you can damage people from a distance, but it's not going to do anything and you got to time it. I just recalled when I was Farah and th there was a doom fist on the opposing team. He actually was really good at taking me out from a distance. Cause mm. I'd be up in the air doing my hovering thing and he was super good at that hand cannon. And so, I mean, he would kill me. He would, he killed me multiple times during that overall match. And, um, I don't know. I think, I think it's going to, it really depends once again on your play style, depends on which abilities you're just more of a natural at right. as opposed to others, because that was something that I did take a mental note of thinking, cause I thought, Oh, it's probably like a shotgun in the sense where like, it doesn't have as much range. You have to be close up, but it does make sense that it's still potent. If you can actually connect with players from a pretty fair, 
distance right. away just because every other ability that he has really is short range. I mean, like mm-hmm. with the well, except- it's all melee. Yeah, it's all it's completely all melee. So, and not not to mention the fact that like I, I would say the one that's kind of sort of range is um whatever that the. I forgot what it was. One that you where you like charge it up and you launch across. What is it? The rocket, rocket punch. punch? Yeah. Rocket punch. Yeah. So, but even then, it's like you then if you miss, you you leave yourself completely, utterly exposed because right. you just moved yourself exactly. into the kill zone for everybody else. Other characters don't have to necessarily worry about that. So, I wonder how Genji's uh, was that the, his little ricochet blade little thing is going to work because I mean. <laughs> Uh, if if he you know he could pretty much ricochet anything. He's ricocheted rockets. He's ricocheted uh, Bastion's cannon shells. He's uh, he's ricocheted himself. Ricocheted himself. Uh, he ricocheted McCree's uh, stun grenade. Mm-hmm. So uh, if Doomfist flies at him with a rocket punch, I wonder if, if Doomfist is himself is going to get stunned or pinned against the wall or something. I wonder how that's going to work. That's actually a good question because there are certain characters who can negate um, the the ricochet ability. Like um, Symmetra, I love being Symmetra when there's a Genji on the other team because that ricochet thing means nothing. I can that, that whole energy stream that she does, pff, it goes right through that, and, and it's Genji's worst nightmare. She is the antidote to Genji. Right. So if that is the case with Doomfist, perhaps he would be an additional character that could also wreak havoc in that sense. I've always really appreciated when there is a balance like that where you have certain characters where if you pit a character, like, you know, character A against character B and there's a certain character that specializes against um, nerfing that other character, that just makes it a lot more fun. And of course, it, it's it's based on the, the the team that you're on to make sure that Everyone selects characters that can, you know, outplay the other ones, so to speak. But, you know, like, like you know, Genji is the antidote to Bastion. You know, right. for yeah. the longest time, everybody just loved playing Bastion and getting to the Gatling gun mode because they can mow people down. Well, then you got Genji doing the ricochet thing and eh, now he's nerfed pretty good. Yeah. So, did you have any other final thoughts? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm thinking about the game. Uh- <laughs> We're probably going to play the game after this recording. <laughs> you know what? I, I think they added a couple more uh, customization for the uh, your your reticule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I made one, a, a kind of a small, snubby little crosshair for McCree. And I think it's helped me with my headshot game a little bit there, Rod. Yeah. I don't think I'm quite to the competitive level with McCree yet, but uh, I think it's helped out a, a little bit there. I, I'd advise you to... Mess around with it. See what you like. There are still several characters that I need to get to grips with and actually spend some time with. I'm sure I'll appreciate all the little subtle nuances of each one. I mean, it seems like every time I begin to start giving a new character a chance, it's kind of like, oh, oh, this is nice. Look at that. Yeah. That's that's one thing you got to give Blizzard props for. I mean, so far, every character I've played, you know, even if I'm good with them or not good with them, they're very, very strong in their, their own abilities. And their uh, and their personalization of the character. They have just very, very strong personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's about all the time we have for this particular episode. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV and facedupbook.com slash JoygasmTV. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash JoygasmTV or search JoygasmTV on YouTube. And I do believe we will see you next time. Sayonara. Sayonara.